0: All right, welcome back to our second Hot Off the Presses, a Discover Ag personal episode. Last month, we cooked off our very first one, and we did kind of a meet your host episode. I get to know Natalie and Tara beyond the headlines. So you are new new here, or if you feel unfamiliar with who we are as your hosts, head back and listen to that episode. It is number 104 from July 25th. But today we have not a meet your host, but a meet your host's husband's welcome husbands.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having us. We feel so special.
2: We are very excited. for this. <laughs> we've, been, we've been wanting to come on since episode one, and we finally made it.
0: <laughs> I do feel like you are starting to exercise your Podcast muscle. You're a little podcast junkie.
2: Yes, I am.
3: Uh, Daniel also went on his first solo podcast. So they should be totally ready because today will be a Q&A style. We actually pulled the discos, the community, and they submitted all of these questions. So you guys are at their mercies today. Um, if you listen to our Meet the Host episode, you know that one of the things that we did at the very beginning was we shared our first impressions of each other. So my first impression of Natalie, Natalie's first impression of me, it was quite funny because we did had never talked about it before. So today we thought we'd actually start with that. What was your first impressions of each of us? So maybe, Daniel, you want to go first of what your first impression of Natalie was and me going into business with her, and then we can jump over to
1: Luke. Oh, man, I don't know what my first impression was, but I was like... Glad you got the first question, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, give you time to think. <laughs> all, um, Well, Tara came home from Roll Rooted and uh, was telling me all about Natalie and then uh, I was like, "Wow, this seems like uh, you guys are good friends, and you guys hit it off." So I, I guess my first impression was just like, "She must be a smart, nice girl." So
3: you heard it here first. <laughs> Natalie is smart and nice.
1: <laughs> Did
3: I live up to your first impression, Dan?
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure.
3: Good answer.
0: So for everyone listening, we have the guys have met in person last summer. We came down to visited Tara and Dan in New Mexico. And spent some time at their lake cabin. So we have actually all four met
2: in person. Dan and Tara have not been to Nebraska.
3: We'd like to point that out.
2: Have not visited. Um, we
3: are aware of that shortcomings. I did go up and visit Natalie's family in Montana. I guess, you know what, Luke, why don't you go ahead and say your first impression of me? Because it sounds like you don't have a lot to say.
2: Well, the first impression was better than my uh, current opinion. No, I'm jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, no, Nat, I mean, Natalie would come home from all those rural that she hosted. I would always kind of go through, you know, the, the different people that were there, kind of their background and, and what she found interesting about that person. But then the New Mexico milkmaid was, was the, uh, the one that she like, just kept talking about and talking about and how you guys really just connected and just really were kind of kindred spirits and, and, uh, kind of on and on and on. And, um. I didn't know that it would lead to all of this, or we would have just squashed that friendship <laughs> right away,
3: so Natalie alluded to the fact we all met in real life last summer, and I feel like that was quite an adventure um having you guys meet for the first time
2: I mean Dan and I,
3: yeah, you and Dan,
2: yeah, yeah, it was great uh the first uh we went to Tad and I went and, uh, golfed at Texas tech. And then we drove over to, um, your guys's dairy by Clovis and, and, uh, toured that. And so, yeah, you you, the girls weren't even there. It was just, uh, Tad and, and Dan and I, and, and we went around for, I don't know, three, four hours probably and looked at everything and then drove up and met the met the gals. so
3: No, it was quite uh, funny meeting you, though, because uh, Daniel will say this, that Luke is quite the academic and just very um, curious about things. And Luke kept asking us lots of questions about New Mexico that Daniel and I could not answer. And we literally got to the point where we just started making up answers. <laughs> and then Luke was- <laughs> yeah and we
2: were not i am not an academic at all i i like conversation and i was just curious about new mexico i didn't know you guys were going to lie to me about your fish species (laughs) and where rivers just magically start and end etc etc i feel like these are a lot of inside jokes for people that are listening but dan and tara would just make up anything to get out of a conversation just know that
1: well luke is very smart when he first got out of the pickup to uh Uh, shake my hand and we're meeting. I was like, oh man, I better bring my A game because uh, I better bump it up. This guy's asking good questions and I don't know all the answers to these, but I'm going to try to sound as smart as possible and roll with it.
0: (laughs) That is a perfect segment to our next question, Dan, because it is actually Ranch and Farm Advice with Luke and Dan. And so... You better bring your A game. The discos asked a lot of good questions and you better answer appropriately, Dan. Okay. Just like you did the first time Luke was with you. But seriously, they did submit a lot of questions about kind of, well, we'll maybe break this into two parts actually. Um, But I think they like hearing from you guys about agriculture. I think they like getting your, you know, every Thursday they get our pulse on the industry, but I think they like to get your guys' pulse on the industry. So I guess first question, we'll maybe kick it off with like big picture and you guys can answer separately. But one of the questions was, what do you feel are the biggest current issues facing ag in general? And then specific to, for you, Dan dairy, and for you, Luke Beef. Luke can go first since Dan had to go first
2: last oh, good. time. I'm Dan, thinking. I just thought if I just sat in the back of the car and put my head down, I could, <laughs> Dan would just speak. I was just waiting for him to speak so I could think. Um you know I, there there's a, there's the classic um there's the classic lines of misinformation or all these things and that and everybody's talked about that i i and we could we could dive into that but i'm just going to go a little different route and just say um, you know family losing the family farm or losing the family businesses uh vertical integration um, you know, ha- young people having young people come back to rural areas and 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 operate um, the the farms, the ranches. I think as it has been a concern, we lost a lot of people in the '80s. We've kind of had a nice pulse. I feel like in our area in ranching, at least of young people coming back. But I think that's always going to be uh, something that that we have to um, address and, and keep that next generation involved and if we lose if we lose that it's going to become very corporate and very vertically integrated and uh will kind of take away the the agriculture as it is now i guess i should say
0: what about specific to the cattle industry or do you think that's same
2: yeah i think that's i think that same uh maybe maybe more so in like ranching um than the than the dairy business um as there's just probably more s- uh, smaller uh, operations in in beef um so yeah, I'd say that maybe that applies more to more to ranching than other segments. But I would I would agree on a whole like
1: for agriculture that, um, but with a little twist. I think because where agriculture lies, it's usually not in big towns or big populated areas. And trying to keep young people or people that have a skill that can work on a farm or want to work outside in the weather um, and be able to like even just mechanic on um your machinery is getting harder and harder to find so i know everybody has a problem with labor but it sure does make it more difficult when you don't have a big population around you to pull from so
2: um, one other example i'll use is just uh, the county next to us over here there's a there's uh several hall confinement buildings there and that county still has similar population that it had 40 years ago but 40 years ago, most of those people were small business owners, and they had their own operation. Now, their kids or their grandkids are working f- at an hourly wage for you know a hog confinement, and so that that shift, that transition from being a business owner to an employee, I think is is a kind of a slippery slope that we could go down on, on all segments of ag, and and um, would kind of take away from from uh, I don't know what you want to say the. How it is currently, I don't know. I don't didn't word that right, but
3: yeah, one of the discos actually specifically even asked, like, what a what do you think, Dan, of the consolidation within the dairy industry? So I think that consolidation piece, that vertically integrated piece, is something that's at the forefront of um a lot of our industry, like a lot of cattle industry's minds. Like, I think we have seen what's happening in hogs and poultry, like kind of the writing on the wall there. And uh, I feel like dairy and beef are similar in kind of being the last holdouts. Dairy does have a slightly higher average herd size than beef across the country, but um, still facing similar challenges there.
1: Yeah, I'd be, I mean, uh, large animals like beef and dairy to consolidate them I mean, they are being consolidated, but at a uh, commercial level with a big corporate company, I find that it's going to be pretty hard to do because you need people that understand animal and farming, and there's a lot of little pieces to it. And uh, you got to go out and find your feed, find equipment, uh, find employees. And there is just a lot of little hoops you have to jump through in order to keep these operations running.
2: Yeah, I I don't disagree with that, but... um... Just, just you know, going down that general path, I guess.
0: Do you have any harebrained ideas to stop it? This is your big chance. (laughs) Big chance to run for ag office. I mean, vote for Luke. We will.
2: (laughs) It's getting the young people involved somehow. Uh, Whether it's internships, whether it's education, both I think are great or tie into each other um, you know, just making the farm or ranch a a place that people want to be.
3: So that kind of leads me actually into the next question that we got. And I feel like Luke, this, I'm going to direct this one at you. So sorry to, to send another question your way, but what advice would you have for first generation ranchers or those who want to get involved that maybe don't have an ag connection?
2: Yeah. So, uh, we, you know, we consider our operation first generation, I guess. I, I, Natalie grew up on a ranch, and and I grew up uh, with my grandparents having a, a small farm with a few beef cows. And my dad always had some cows, but definitely, definitely not an operation that would sustain a family or or you could make a life doing. So uh, how we how we established our operation was through uh, leasing cows and leasing ranches. So a first generation that wants to start, I would say to find a person that is wanting to transition out, and you want to transition in. And the amount of capital that it takes, that's about the only way that you could get started with not having, you know, a, a base to, to launch from or any inheritance or things like that.
3: Yeah. And I feel like it's that connection. Like I even think about my dad right now, like my dad's, you know, headed out and he would love to find like, uh, he, I mean advertising everywhere being like, I would love to lease it out and figure out a way to make this work for someone who's reached out individually to people. Um, And so far, nothing has come through, but it is really hard to find those people, those both groups, right? Like the people who are willing to lease it out and the people who want to come in and move to someplace like rural New Mexico, you know, Um, and finding that balance and and making those connections, I think is a struggle that we're going to continue to face in the years to come.
2: I think the University of Nebraska or Nebraska Extension or some, Go big red! Yes, it's almost <laughs> football season, guys. It's Almost football season. Oh, I can't wait. You guys should come for a game. We should. Fun. We
3: should. That's actually a good that idea. That is a Not
2: great idea. Play like Michigan or Ohio State or something like that. But, um, <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? The for, UNL. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think they have a service where you know if you are that producer that that's that's trying to phase out and a way to connect that with young producers that are trying to come in basically like a list served, you know, of these people are interested in, in starting to lease places. These people are interested in, in leasing their places out and trying to connect those people. So maybe our extensions, maybe our universities can do that. Um, we can kind of vet those people through the system and, and see if we can just help, help with, you know, connecting those people. So.
0: And speaking of schools, I think Tara, you asked about getting involved in ag with no connections, to the industry, we have always taken on interns, you know, through UNL. Um, and I always feel like that's a good way for people who don't have, you know, prior working experience. If you're in college for an ag degree, look through your university if they're offering and connecting you for internships that You could be placed at different operations. Cause um, I mean, it's like the circle before the egg, right? No one wants to hire one who has no one work experience, but you can't get work experience without work experience. And so Um, maybe through your university system, if you're, you know, majoring in that, which you should be, if you're interested in going into that in a career, maybe they can help place you for like an internship, even far before you get to the point of looking for like the least, you know, part of it or the, you know, the actual managing and operating part of it.
3: Yeah, and on the dairy side, we have a really cool program called the Dairy Consortium, and it is a group of lots of universities. Actually, I think University of Nebraska Lincoln is one of them as well. I know Texas Tech, New Mexico State, tons. Like, I think there's like 18 universities that are a part of it, and it's even global. And you come out to Clovis, New Mexico, for six weeks, and you go around for six weeks. It's a session one and session two, so it's a two summer program. And you just go around and do large uh, herd management on dairies and all the dairies. So we're one of the dairies that you go to, but there's, I mean, tons of that bring all these kids out and give them firsthand experience to kind of kickstart them into like the next phase of their career. So I definitely agree. Like there's so many options in universities.
0: And I think that's coming from like, obviously, you know, practical, tactical advice. But I think part of it too is like mentality. You're going to have to carry, I think, a mentality that's going to help you push through. Like you're going to have to have a little bit grit almost to, to make your way or to like find your place essentially.
1: Absolutely. It is a, it can be pretty risky. So better be ready for Christmas. it. <laughs> so
2: was Mary and Tara. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that is a perfect segue, Luke, into the next question we got, which is how we met. And I want to start with you guys because I am obsessed with your how you guys met story. So I know you guys have shared it on social, but I'd love to hear it on the podcast. Um, how a Nebraska cattle rancher fell in love with a Montana cattle rancher's daughter. Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> I
2: was just say, it's, <laughs> I can't wait.
3: It. <laughs> have a, you heard it, Dan?
1: I've heard a little bit, but I've never heard it from Luke
2: himself. So that's what Luke, I'm like. Straight from really the worst interested as well. in. Uh, do we have a time limit on this podcast?
3: <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it short and sweet. So be quick about it.
2: <laughs> that's not my nature. Tara. It is not his nature. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So well, I'll, I'll try and make it as quick as I can. I needed to buy, I needed a, a Hereford herd sire to AI my cows too. And I picked out this bull I wanted to buy and I couldn't afford him. But my- Who outbid you? Natalie's dad outbid me <laughs> by a long ways. Um, so uh, my friend, he uh, he knew Natalie's dad, Mark, and called him and asked him, hey, I got this, this, uh, commercial producer in Nebraska, got that, this
0: rowdy kid. Down yeah. I got Nebraska. this little
2: punk in Nebraska that would like to <laughs> buy a, buy an interest in the bull, a percent interest in the bull. And so Mark sold me the bull our percent interest in the bull, which was great. Um, the next summer, my brother and I, uh, went through the Northwest golfing and looking at cows for like five days. It was wonderful. And we stopped at Cooper's to, uh, look at this bull and we got there and the bull was no good. And I was like, Oh, great. But, uh, Mark said he would work with me and we went through all his cows and everything. So the following March, I went back to their family production bull sale and at their family sale was Natalie. I had bull buying on my mind at first, which I accomplished (laughs) about 4,168. And then they have like a post, um, kind of a dance and, and meal and entertainment drinking, just kind of it's a bull sale party. Yeah, it's so a post, post bull sale party. Yeah, post bull sale party. So we visited there for a while. The first year, it didn't go great. <laughs> um, and uh, my friend was with me and he, he, um, he, he knew it wasn't going good either. Um, but he thought uh, maybe I got Natalie's number or something. And I was like, well, no, I didn't. He's like, well, get her number. But there's a bunch of people around there and I don't want to seem pushy. It's not my nature. So I said, oh, I'll just look her up on social media. So that next day we're driving back from Montana and I tried to find her on Facebook and she was not on Facebook anywhere. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So I waited an entire year to go back. And I was like, all right, I really got to get this girl's number because she's not on Facebook. And my friend was like, do you really think she's still going to be single after a year living in Bozeman, Montana, 26 year old girl. I was like, I guess I never really thought about that. (laughs) So then I was like all nervous that she had a boyfriend and, um, so anyway, get there and she's still, no one else wanted her. She's still, <laughs> still single. And so, uh, so then that year I, I, uh, I took her dancing, which is funny. I, we went out and we danced a song and I said, uh, I asked her, I said, so you like cows? And then I think I had her at that point. Once I asked her if she liked <laughs> oh, cows. That was she, it. You like cows? Yeah. yeah. You My have, favorite like part that.
3: of this story is that Natalie has built her business at, around social media and she was the girl with no Facebook and you could not <laughs> find her on social media.
2: Yeah. That was a long year. I was the thinking the exact same thing.
3: The
0: irony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, Dan, your turn to recount your Tara's.
1: All right. So Tara and I have been family friends, uh, since Tara was three and I was five, uh, The first time I ever saw Tara that I remember was at our lake that we go to, and our family stayed in this motel. It's nothing fancy at all, but it was what we had up there, and I remember uh, Tara walking out in front of these rooms, and I was walking that way with, I don't know, it was just a bunch of kids between my family and her family, and uh, I was like, oh, wow, that girl's kind of cute. Huh, okay. and then didn't really think about it, like three and five years old, right? Like, here, let's go play on the water. I don't know.
3: <laughs> 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 then it took you 20 years. So,
1: I, well, yeah, but then, like, Tara was always just like Tara, right? Like, okay, family, friend. Uh, we we did family trips together. Um, and then uh, – Colleagues, when was it? Junior? or my, I mean, my
3: junior year of college and your super senior year of college.
1: Super senior year. Uh, Yeah, we were at home one summer together, and then, I don't know, it all turned for the better, I guess. Finally
3: so. clicked for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. After all those years.
2: Tara's been were waiting for me and were waiting for me. you wanting him all that time, Tara?
3: What was that, Luke?
2: Were you wanting Dan all that time? Were you always considering him? My heart
3: was always Dan.
2: Yes. <laughs> no we each had like uh
1: other relationships going up and then and then honestly we were kind of nervous about if we started dating and it didn't work out we we're like all right what's this going to do to like our uh family, family dynamic right between the uh, two so and i kinda, really thought about
2: that too i thought if it doesn't work out can i go back to the bull sale or not <laughs> yeah you're bull. gonna get what i'm from gonna find the a new bull. place to get bulls <laughs> <laughs> correct oh.
3: Uh, no, a funny. I mean, we definitely dated other people, obviously, through college, high school and college. And what's funny is we both had, like, fairly serious relationships. And both of them, like, if we hung out together, it was like a point of issue in previous relationships. And I remember us both being like, that is so stupid. Like, we are not. There's nothing between Daniel and I. And then, like, love
1: everybody could
2: see it except you guys. Yeah, like, we were blind you? to our own love. Did our your own parents love
3: ever have an inkling or an idea? Like, were they ever like, I knew it? Or... Um, so my grandmother on my dad's side, um, was a little bit of a potster and Daniel, um, there was rumor that Daniel might possibly be dating somebody and she was sure to let me know. And I'm not going to lie. That was only like a couple months before we actually started dating. And she was like, how about that Vaynerdusen boy? Um, and so I feel like she on some level had some kind of inkling that we were Oh yeah, Tara came back
1: from vacation. I was like, Hey Dan. I'm like,
3: I was like, all right, he's mine. I'm not going to mess around anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right
0: moving on to another
3: question
2: thank gosh
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not sure you want to add anything else luke Uh, i actually love this one this is probably one of my favorite ones that was submitted because i don't think i've ever heard you answer anything can dan answer a question dan is getting answer this too whoever can start seems like it's a touchy point over here for luke so maybe dan can start But did you guys have hesitations about our career changes? So me leaving pharmacy and Tara leaving, you know, environmental science.
2: You have never heard me talk about this.
0: (laughs) Not publicly.
2: (laughs) It was 2020. It was COVID. Things cattle market was an absolute disaster. We were piled up in debt. It was terrible. Natalie had a good job working at the pharmacy and she's like, I think I want to just quit pharmacy and just go on this wild ride of social media. And I was like, okay, you know, when are you thinking? And she's like, I don't know. And then like a couple weeks later, she's like, Oh, I put my two weeks in. And I was like, (laughs) well, okay, I guess that's what we're doing.
0: That is very much so true. I told him that I would for sure wait till the end of the year, we could see where we were. And then it came up organically through work, me and my boss, that opportunity presented itself. And I thought, you know, carpe diem, seize the opportunity. And so I quit and then I had to come home and tell Luke that I quit, even though I wasn't supposed to quit, but you embraced it really well, dear.
2: That's why I have zero hesitations about doing things that are like, Oh, I want to, you know, go to Canada fishing for the entire summer. I don't care. It doesn't matter. She, she just do whatever she wants to do. So <laughs> I can do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> All right. Your turn down.
1: Okay. So, uh, Tara was like talking about it. Like, she's like, all right, I'm kind of getting over my job. Uh, but Tara had a good job and good benefits. And she brought a bunch of, uh, clients into, uh, her, uh, into the business and she was getting a really good, uh, what was commission, commission fee. So like, man, is that something we really want to give up? And then after that roll rooted, uh, yeah. After that, it happened pretty dang quick. And the the point was, when Tara made as much money on social media as she did her job, then it was like, all right, turn job is done. Social media is where we're going.
3: So, Luke, I just talked Daniel to death for two years about it, so that by the time I did it, he was just thrilled to be done talking about it. Like
1: it was no big thing. I was like, oh, when she said I'm going to quit this week, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So. <laughs> finally finally it happened
3: (laughs) okay another question that we got (laughs) back at you Luke um a question we actually get a lot I think Natalie gets this on her personal page and I do too as well as on discover but uh how do we travel so much without it taking an effect on our marriage and our family life
2: (laughs) I mean it's obviously more you know it's more work when the other person's gone obviously but um I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. I like to travel. I like to go places. She likes to go places. Um, I guess we don't have any trust issues. So it's pretty, pretty simple.
0: I did get really lucky with you because you are very just open and accepting. Like you said, I mean, we have your mom helps a little bit when we leave. And if I'm gone for extended period of time, I used to fly down one of my nieces um, and she would help out with the kids and stuff too. So I don't leave you like high and dry, but I also think we just really root for each other. You know, we're very much a team. We root for each other and each of our respective lanes industries, you know, I'm very supportive of things that you want to do on the ranch or things you want to do off the ranch. And so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I think we're a little bit spoiled in that way that we just have a very 50, 50 partnership. Yep.
1: Well, you guys did a great job answering that. I feel like a lot of that's the same for us. Um, trust issues, not in, that's not even a problem. So that helps for sure. Um, Tara does organize. Who
2: else could they have besides you and me, Dan? <laughs> yeah.
0: Who else know. would we ever You're want? like
2: right. Maybe he's talking about her and, bozeman bozeman and no one even wanted her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Poor
3: Natalie. She's getting beat up on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> can oh, handle it.
1: Right. You girls are so lucky to have Luke and I. We are. We do not <laughs> deny like, it. We just don't care. We just roll with the punches with it. We're like, yeah, you want to do that? Cool. Let's go. Good luck. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Hopefully make some money on the way back.
3: I do think that Natalie said it really well though. Like we, we treat our marriage too, as like a team. Like if I succeed, you succeed. Like we're both like, if you were to wake up tomorrow and be like, I think I should do this crazy thing on the dairy. And if I really like, if you were all about it, I'd be like, that's fine. Like, I feel like we're both pretty all about each other's like, you know, crazy ideas, like entrepreneurial spirit. And like, it takes going after it. It takes some risk. It takes, you know, like Natalie said, I try not to leave you high and dry. Like we have a lot of help from my mom, but I also am like, I, it's not like I like make you meals a ton before I leave. Like something, I mean, you also are just doing things too.
2: (laughs) That would be nice. (laughs) nice
1: (laughs) Tara does give me like an itinerary though, of everything I need to do with the kids. So I'm like, leave that piece of paper on the kitchen counter and then i grab it i take a picture of it just in case i don't have it when i'm at the dairy and then i yeah i i need that otherwise
2: execute dan execute dan <laughs> yes this <laughs> is out dan
0: okay kind of on that same vein but a little bit different do you guys have advice for marriage and agriculture or what do you you know i mean it can be a hard stressful industry to be a part of and i I feel like maybe there's people who would like to hear your perspective on like how you handle, you know, frustrations or communications or things like that when it comes to not our jobs on social media, but I think just our jobs being in agriculture.
2: I mean, agriculture is definitely a way of life. And so you're going to be married and, you know, be involved in agriculture. Um, pretty well better have that, you know, kind of established prior to getting married. Um it obviously not, not everybody has to come from a, from agriculture to, to marry into agriculture. But um, if, if you had that, you understand it just growing up. If you haven't had that, there's probably going to be a learning curve there. And you're probably going to want that. Um, you know, some of our favorite activities is loading the kids up in the ranger and going out and we're actually doing work. We're checking, we're checking cattle. We're putting out salt and mineral. We're, but we're with the, it's also family time. Like we, we incorporate, it's just, we incorporate, work with family. And it's just basically life. And I think, I think when you can have it that way, it's, it's, uh, much more sustainable than trying to, you know, you can't really shut agriculture off and turn it back on. Like you do an eight to five job. And so, um, I think you just got to make it part of your, part of your family. Man, Luke, I'm so glad you went first again. Like you
1: just answered that. So well. Luke. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, I'll take this one. for. Oh, no, Luke is getting it. All right, cool. I just thought that's what we were doing. Me first, you second. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't have to do anything here. Just...
3: Daniel's just like, yes, as what Luke said, yeah. continue. You don't have anything to add, Dan. Not one little thing. So I feel like, I'll add a little and you can probably go off of it. Okay. Um, I feel like a challenge we have had, which, and I don't think you guys have this as much being first generation, but we have a lot of the complexities with family dynamics. Like, we are in business with you know, four out of five of Dan's brothers and his parents, like there's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of people like, you know, we, everyone besides me, all sister-in-law's by me married into Ag. So I do think there's just a lot there that has been, that's probably been one of our bigger struggles in our marriage. It's not necessarily us and how we approach Ag, but like external forces that have been hard and turbulent in our marriage.
1: For sure. Yeah. All the, all my siblings and stuff, we, for the most part, get along fairly well, but yeah, there is a lot of different um, different personalities that really make some things really difficult. And uh, for Tara and I, her coming from a dairy family and me from a dairy family, that has helped in our marriage together a lot. Uh, just because Tara understands that yes, there's up and downs in the dairy industry, and uh, you're not always making money all the time. Sometimes you're. Uh, paying to play the game
3: so i feel like i mean i guess my answer would be communication i know that's kind of cliche but i feel like being able to talk about it with each other um has probably been like our biggest strength
1: especially because i'm not a good communicator
3: not that tara and i like to talk or anything i think i spend like an hour a day with natalie on the phone at
2: least
0: talking just yammering away yammering yeah and
2: i'm a kind of a quality time individual and I just think man I could be talking to my wife right now but she's busy
3: <laughs> Now we know why Luke hates me so much
2: <laughs> Sometimes oh
1: I God. am like Tara get off the phone with Natalie and she's like I'm working I'm like I'll well. never
0: forget when you guys were on vacation somewhere and Tara snuck into the bathroom and called me <laughs> and was whispering and was like I can't talk loud because Dan won't let me cuz no and then you're like I got to go I got to
3: go bye <laughs> I came out of that bathroom. We were on vacation. We were in Cancun at a hotel at a wedding and I was on the phone with Natalie because I had a really good idea and I wanted to tell her. So I called her and Dan was like, you will not call like Natalie the rest of the trip. <laughs> and I came out of the bathroom and he was like, were you on the phone with Natalie? And I was like, never, never in my life. Did no I trust that. issues there. Not be- yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else are you lying to me about? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. all right we're
0: gonna move into rapid fire there's gonna be three questions rapid fire answer don't think about it whatever comes first to mind okay luke first dan second we'll keep with the flow perfect your favorite hobby off the rancher farm
2: fishing water skiing
0: your last social media post
2: the one that i actually did or once we pay someone to <laughs> do?
3: the one you did
2: uh, i don't remember
3: uh, same question for Daniel. Not the last one I posted for you on your Facebook page, but the last time you actually took a picture and posted it.
2: Oh, I
1: I don't do that. I take the I pictures do and send it <laughs> to Tara.
3: <laughs> Luke's Instagram
0: has nothing, so he never posted on Instagram. So your last social post would have been something on Facebook.
3: But that, I brought Dan's Instagram. That, from, dates, uh, that dates Luke a little bit.
0: Dan's is May 9th, 2021. There's a lovely photo of Tara and the girls. Happy Mother's Day to this awesome mom. She always keeps us on track when life gets out of hand and makes our house a home filled with love and adventure. And then Tara said, aw, thank you, honey. I did that? I probably wrote
1: (laughs) that. Your mom probably did for you. (laughs) I don't know if I, I don't recall that, but kudos to me.
3: I probably posted it. Next question. (laughs) I probably posted
2: it. Oh.
0: Oh my gosh. Also, Okay, last one. Go-to drink.
2: Blue moon. Crown and water.
0: Gosh, you guys are so predictable. <laughs> I
3: know. I knew it would be blue moon.
2: That's my go-to drink. And my next one would be probably crown.
3: <laughs> Dan's next one would be Coors Light. So yeah. You know, like, are beer and are we
2: doing
1: whiskey or beer? Like, why know? we get along so well? Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right. To
0: wrap this fun episode up, we want to end, well, kind of, what I touched on earlier, like a note of hope. So a lot of people share about the hardships of ag, but we kind of want to leave it on the positive side of farming and ranching. So if you guys want to share, you know, your favorite thing about being a rancher and dairy farmer, or your favorite thing about the industry, or just some positive advice, just any final last note you have about being a rancher in Nebraska.
2: Well, the two things that I like the most are cows and people. And, I, you get to combine those. Uh, the cattle industry is full of great people, great families, great stories, and I get to work with great people. And then I get to work with cows, and I get to work outside, and I just thoroughly enjoy uh, doing what I do. So if that's if that's you, you can find a way to to make a living in in agriculture and just find the area that that you really like and and be patient, and you'll figure it out.
1: So mine is I love getting up in the morning and grabbing a cup of coffee and driving around the dairy and uh, seeing all the things get done um, with all the crews on the dairy and making sure that's all done on time. But watching the cows, making sure they're getting fed, uh, the sound of stanchions clicking and clacking. um, I don't know. It's just and you're outside in a wide open area. You're not like boxed in. Um, when you get tired of being in the office, you walk back outside. So uh, I don't know; it's a it's pretty free, I guess, in that aspect of just being in a wide open space and being
2: able to do. And, and if our wives didn't work from home, we'd be more free. Dan, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dan yep. I was going to say I relate to yours a lot. I don't relate to Luke's. I don't like people or cows. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the freedom of being outside. I just I think that's my favorite thing about like you said earlier, honey, like our lifestyle of how we make it, um, we really integrate, I think the ranch and the family, which sometimes is a drawback, but mostly it's a positive. And I think that's my favorite thing is how much time we spend outside, how much time we spend as a family. Um, I just, I feel like I have a lot of space to, to be, um, where we are.
3: For me, it's funny that Daniel talked about the schedule because that's something Natalie and I talk about on Discover quite often that uh, dairy is like a very scheduled thing every single day the same times. And so it's funny that that was what you talked about is like seeing things happen at the same time and just like that routine of dairy farming. Um, and then I feel like one of my favorite things and even growing up with like a dad that was a dairy farmer, like my dad would come home and make us breakfast before school. You come home at lunch and have lunch with the girls. And now that we're homeschooling, like you pick up where I leave off so I can go up and work. And like, I just feel like that's such a unique experience that people don't have these days. And then like spending our afternoons driving around the dairy, like similar to what you guys said about taking the kids out, like choreing one of my favorite things to do is drive down the hay alley and hear what the girls have to say about, you know, the different cows and what's going on and what's happening at that moment on the dairy. Um, And it's just really cool to have them be a part of it.
0: All right. Well, you guys, that comes to an end for our second hot off the presses. We hope you guys enjoyed getting to know, well, I guess our husbands a little bit more, but in turn getting us, I think our husbands are a big part, obviously of who we are, our job, um, our life. And so by getting these connection points with them. I feel like you get another connection point with us. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will see you guys on Thursday.